This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Middletown, Connecticut. Welcome to a Friday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio. Made it to the end of the week, and uh, we're getting ready for our first heat wave of the season. Oh, goody. Uh, But uh, uh, I'll take that. We don't have to shovel the sunshine, so uh, looking forward to that. Lots to talk about this morning. What a great win for the Boston Bruins last night in the NHL playoffs as they take down the New York Islanders in overtime 2-1, to one, uh, a game that the Bruins led one nothing into the middle of the third period. It looked like uh, Tuka Rask was going to be good enough, but then he gives up the tying goal. It goes into overtime. And I'll tell you what, Tuka Rask made a couple of saves in that overtime period last night that were unbelievable. About... Two minutes into the overtime, he made two spectacular saves. And just about a minute after he made saves that uh, were improbable and saved the Bruins' bacon, about a minute or so later, Brad Marchand comes down and uh, scores a goal that beats Varlamov, who had been great all night for the Islanders. I mean, the Bruins dominated this game offensively with the exception of a couple of stretches, one of them being in that overtime. Uh, but uh, Marshawn scored a goal last night that kind of was a strange angle, just kind of tucked underneath the crossbar for the winner. And it's one of those goals where you always say, you know, you're watching a game and you're like, shoot the puck why don't you shoot the puck you know I think a lot of times guys are looking for the perfect shot and Brad Marchand uh, said it perfectly last night he said any shot has a chance to go in and this was one of those where you know he's probably just putting it on goal hoping there might be a rebound you know maybe they can uh, you know get it in off the rebound, but no, it somehow found its way in, and what a goal by Marchand, and the Bruins uh, kind of wipe off that sting of losing that overtime game in Game 2 at home, and uh, now have a 2-1 lead. Game 4 is on Saturday night. The Nassau Coliseum was rocking last night. It was fun. And Tuka Rask, who, by the way, I talked about it in Game uh, Game 2, where he looked like he was hurt. You know, there had been some talk that he had some back issues and that maybe he wasn't 100%. He looked like the old Tuka Rask last night. He looked healthy, he looked sharp, and he was exactly what they needed last night. So uh, good for him and uh, and good for the Bruins. And now uh, game four on Saturday night. So that's number one. 
Number two is the what's going on in Major League Baseball right now in terms of we know there is an offensive outage. Teams aren't scoring, and, and you know pitching seems to have the advantage across the board. Well, some of that is because there is evidence that there is cheating going on on a widespread basis in Major League Baseball. Uh, and, and what kind of cheating is this? This isn't the, uh, banging the garbage can kind of cheating that went on in Houston. It's pitchers that are using foreign substances, illegal substances to increase their grip on the baseball. And, uh, because now with the analytics and, and guys have figured out that it's all about the spin rate. So if I put something on my fingers to make it stickier and I get a better grip, I have a chance to get a higher spin rate when I let go of the baseball. Well, four minor league players have been suspended in the last couple of weeks uh, for the use of these substances. It's usually some kind of combination of, uh, uh, you know, sunscreen and rosin or, you know, pine tar or, you know. But anyway, it it increases the spin rate on the baseball. Well, four guys uh, have gotten 10-game suspensions that were – uh, busted just last weekend. Uh, and it's guys, look, it's guys in single-A baseball, all right? I mean, uh, a guy for the White Sox got hammered. Um, a guy with the San Francisco Giants, another one with the Rangers. Actually, I think two of them were with the White Sox. And so, but here's the thing. That's minor league baseball. Now, they have no recourse in minor league baseball. They don't have a union. Players don't have a union in minor league baseball. So major league baseball says, and who is now in charge of the minor leagues, says you're suspended. They have no recourse. But in major league baseball, we kind of know what's going on. It's the thing that nobody wants to talk about. And Nick Castellanos actually spoke up about this. Castellanos, who was having a hell of a year for the Cincinnati Reds, appeared on uh, Chris Rose's podcast. And he said, look, he said he thinks that Major League Baseball is knowingly allowing pitchers to cheat with foreign substances. And, he, and he, here's a quote from him. He says, is it illegal or is it not illegal to put stuff on a ball? He said, it's illegal. He said the league obviously knows that they're doing it, but the league doesn't care. They don't care because if it was really a problem that they wanted, they would put people in the bullpen to check gloves, to check hats, whatever. He said they do something about it. But honestly, I don't think it's important to them. He might have a point. Look, I mean, and 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 he's not grousing, folks, because he's having a bad year. He's hitting 361 with 12 homers for the Cincinnati Reds. So this isn't a guy that is just it's sour grapes because he's not hitting the baseball. This is a guy who has been one of the best hitters in the game right now. And, you know, he thinks there's cheating going on. Um, And when you look at the offensive numbers, Major League Baseball hitters are hitting 236 as a whole. That's the lowest that it has ever been in the modern era at this point of a season. So, you know, is it coincidence? I think not. So... With that happening and him appearing on the podcast and everything, well, all of a sudden, Major League Baseball has kind of gotten on the bandwagon. And Ken Rosenthal treated, uh, tweeted out last night that MLB has been in contact with owners of all the Major League clubs 
in the last day or so about pitchers applying foreign substances to baseballs. And MLB says, and I think this is just MLB's way of saying, if your guys are doing it, tell them that we're coming and tell them they better stop it. Uh, they said that enforcement is coming. He said, but they, they have to follow a process because uh, they have to communicate with the players union and the umpires unions, as well as all 30 clubs. So there's going to be a process that goes along, but that it's coming. So they've basically fired a shot across the bow and said, look, pull your pitchers aside and tell them if they're doing it, they better knock it off. There was talk about this before the season, that they were going to be collecting baseballs randomly during the course of the season. Uh, we saw an incident just a couple of uh, weeks ago where a pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, Giovanni Gallegos, was told that he had to change his hat because the umpires, I think it was Joe West actually, saw something on the cap that seemed suspicious and he told him that he had to change his hat. Mike Schilt, the manager, went bananas. He ended up getting uh, thrown out of the game. Gallegos changed his hat, struck out the next guy or next two guys anyway. It didn't affect him. But Joe West said, look, I was trying to protect the team and the players because something looks suspicious here. He said if it had happened that he did have something on there and I didn't do anything about it, well, then the team's in trouble. You know, and they have and I've seen games where Red Sox uh, where baseballs have been thrown out and they've been collected and Major League Baseball said they were going to use their analytics uh, they have the ability to track spin rate using video or whatever it is the hell they use with all these analytics these days, and they were going to track spin rates. And if some pitcher seemed to have a marked increase in spin rate, he was going to come under scrutiny. And that was part of the way that they were going to police this. Makes sense. But we hadn't heard anything up to this point. But now all of a sudden... When you've got one of the best hitters in the game with Nick Castellanos talking about it and we have minor league guys suspended all of a sudden, you can tell that Major League Baseball said, uh-oh, we better do something. Because, look, with the numbers being down the way they are offensively, they are in danger of losing people. Now, I like, and, and I've talked about this on, uh, I do the Boys of Summer podcast. Matter of fact, we did one last night uh, with my friends Eric Braun and Paul Arnold. And we've talked a lot about the offensive issues this year. And, you know, Eric has said many times, and I'm, I agree with him, I like a pitcher's duel as much as the next guy. But I want an honest pitcher's duel. If, if somebody's cheating to get the results that they're getting, that's a problem. You know, and it's interesting. And I'll tell you what, and I listen, I don't want to hear from any, att any attorneys or anything like that, but – you know, if you remember not too long ago, Trevor Bauer, who won the Cy Young in the National League last year, openly questioned how guys' spin rates are suddenly increasing and how uh, guys are putting up numbers they've never done before. And, you know, he, you know, and it, a lot of it was talking about the Houston Astros and the Rays and how all of a sudden guys would go to those two teams and they're, they're, spin rate would suddenly, you know, massively increase. And he's like, hmm, coincidence? You know, is it that their pitching coaches are that great that they've suddenly found some magic sauce? No. He knew they were cheating, and he urged Major League Baseball 
to stop cheating. However, last season, all of a sudden, he didn't say a damn thing. His spin rates spiked last year, and he won that Cy Young. So maybe it was one of those, if you can't beat them, join them kind of things, and Trevor Bauer got on the foreign substance bandwagon. Now, I don't know for sure that he did, but it's it's kind of funny how one minute he's grousing about it, the next minute he's not, and then the next minute he's winning a Cy Young. But Major League Baseball says it's coming. Now, and the Red Sox have a guy who has one of the best spin rates in Major League Baseball, and that is Garrett Richards. Now, he has always had this great spin rate. So the question is, is that is he, you know, is he somehow special or is he cheating? You know, we don't know. But if indeed enforcement is coming and if indeed they crack down, you tell you what, all it's going to do is take it to suspend a couple of guys that get caught doing this and it'll stop in a big old hurry. At least you would think so. And if indeed there is cheating going on and that is why some of these pitchers are putting up ridiculous numbers, then we should see a spike in offensive numbers if the cheating stops. I mean, it stands to reason. So, uh, stay tuned. Let's see what Major League Baseball does. Let's hope that uh, that they put an end to this if it's going on. And I and I believe me, I suspect it's going on. Trevor Bauer at one point, I think he said that he thought he thought seventy percent of the pitchers in baseball were cheating. I think that might be a little high. Um, you know, and 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 by the way, this isn't like the old days. Uh, you know, with uh, with with uh, the Negroes, uh, you know, uh, doing uh, you know things maybe to doctor the baseball. Uh, Phil Negro, of course, uh, uh, Gaylord Perry, another one where he was accused of doctoring, uh, you know, throwing a Vaseline ball or whatever just to make the ball dance. This isn't that. This is to you know, this is to do something the exact opposite instead of making the ball float you know, and kind of be unpredictable. This is to make the ball break even more. And, uh, and you know, there's a piece of it, like, for instance, when it's raining out, I think guys should be able to use rosin or whatever on their hands because if you're a batter, you want a pitcher to have a better grip on a smooth or a, a slippery baseball. But in good weather, there's no call for that. So stay tuned. Let's see what happens. Um, the other thing that is being talked about now. And it's because we are reaching the part of the season that we got to last year. Remember there were only 60 games last year, right? Uh, after the weekend, the majority of the teams in major league baseball will be at that number of games that they were at, at the end of last season. So last year in major league baseball, you know, maybe your best pitcher, Got 12 starts, okay? Let's say your best pitcher averaged six innings a start, which is about what if guys do that now, they're heroes. So maybe your top starter last year threw 72 innings. They could be in a situation where by the end of this weekend, uh, they are approaching the number of innings they threw all of last year. How is that going to affect guys going forward are we going to see more breakdowns of pitchers because they're they've increased their workload so much now my initial reaction is they're going to be fine 
These guys are used to throwing between 150 and 200 innings a year as a starter. They should be fine. Last year, notwithstanding, my gut tells me they're going to be okay. However, I could be wrong. I'm not a doctor. You know, normally they they don't like pitchers to increase their workload more than 20% a season. I think that's kind of the upper end. At least that's what they use for younger players. We've seen many times where a guy has come up from the minors and maybe he pitched 100 innings in the minors a year before. Well, now that all of a sudden he's up with the big league club, he's approaching 100 innings. We still got a month and a half left in the season. And all of a sudden you see teams putting the brakes on him and giving them extra days off so that they don't overtax those arms. So that is going to be fascinating to watch. Um, Martin Perez threw seven and two-thirds yesterday for the Red Sox, and he's now thrown uh, 58 innings this year. He threw 62 innings all of last year. The most he's ever thrown, he threw 198 back in 2016, but in 2019 he threw 165 innings. He went down to 62 last year. He's basically at that now. Now, again, it, these guys are conditioned to throw those kind of innings. I don't think a guy like Martin Perez, and, and if you think about it, logic would tell you, well, they should have, they should be just fine because they essentially had half a year off and uh, we shouldn't have to worry about it. And that may well be the case, but we are in uncharted territory. We are not used to seeing guys with that, huge of a drop-off in innings. Even in years where we've had strikes before, we've gone farther than 60 games. So uh, we'll see. But, you know, this kind of came up yesterday, too, when Perez was pitching that game for the Red Sox and threw seven innings. He had only thrown 67 pitches, which is remarkable. He comes out for the eighth inning. You know, he gets two outs, but he gives up a single. Then he gives up a walk, and they decide to go get him and go to the bullpen. And a lot of Red Sox fans on social media were like, why didn't they let him finish it? He did. His pitch count was low. Blah, blah. You know you know how it is in social media. Everybody's an idiot. You know, as soon as you do something that they don't agree with, you're an idiot. So, you know, yesterday the Red Sox were idiots because they pulled him out. And Tom Karen, who hosts the uh, pre- and post-game shows on Nesson, you know, said, and he said, look, we have to remember What's going on? He said, every starter will soon have topped last year, you know, and we are in the great unknown. So everybody's going to be a little bit cautious. You know, he, he said, look, he said, we could be in a position where we see pitchers breaking down like never before. Again, I don't think that's going to happen. He said, but a team will look foolish if they don't hold back some innings and be cautious about it. He said, look, injuries are already up dramatically across the sport. He said, this isn't like pulling a pitcher in the World Series game, like what happened, of course, with Blake Snell being pulled in the, in the World Series game against the Dodgers after when he was, you know, dominating. This is about keeping a guy on the mound for the entire year. So, uh, you know, caution is probably a good idea. You know, and when now with teams carrying 13 pitchers, you've got extra arms in the bullpen, so there isn't necessarily the need for a guy to go a complete game. I mean, for goodness sake, the Red Sox, This yesterday was the first time the Red Sox have had a reliever pitch into the eighth inning. 
that in and of itself saved some innings from the bullpen guys. So, anyway, so, uh, you know, and about the game yesterday, look, Perez was ridiculous. Uh, only allowed six hits, no runs, struck out four, only walked one guy. I mean, this is a guy who's their number five starter and leads the starters in ERA. He's now 4-2 and two with a 3.09 ERA. He has been uh, unbelievable. And they're paying him just $5 bucks a year only. I wish I could only get paid $5 bucks a year. But, you know, this is a guy they declined the option on his contract last year and cut him loose, right? He was scheduled to make $6.5 million. They cut him loose. You know, they couldn't find a better option on the free agent market, so they went back to him and offered him $5 million bucks, and he took it. And it might be the best $5 million ever spent by the Boston Red Sox. Um, but they finally uh, get a game from Houston. They've salvaged one game out of the four-game series uh, winning at 5-1. to one. They had Joe, Jake Odorizzi, who started for Houston, out of there uh, at the end of three. He just couldn't find the plate. Uh, Christian Arroyo gave them all the offense that they were going to need. He hit a three-run homer in the second inning off of Odorizzi, and uh, the Sox win. Xander Bogarts finally broke an 0-21. He went uh, two. Actually, it was an 0-23, I think, by the time he got a hit. But he ends up going two for five. He drives home a couple of runs uh, with a double. J.D. Martinez had a couple more hits. We had we saw guys hitting. Now, the top of the lineup still a problem. Uh, no Kike Hernandez. He's in an 0-24 slump, so they sat him and put Danny Santana at the top of the lineup, and he went 0-4. You know, I think the Red Sox need to recognize that they got to have somebody on ba- to get on base at the top of the lineup, and whether it's going to be Alex Verdugo or whether it's going to be Xander Bogarts, whoever it is, got to find a leadoff hitter. But right now... Uh, Santana they've tried, Gonzalez they've tried, Hernandez they've tried, and all of them have stunk. All of them. By the way, Bobby Dahlbeck went 0 for 4 yesterday, struck out four times. I think his time, uh, his playing time is about over with the Red Sox. That's one of those cases where, you know, I talked about Jared Duran, and a lot of people don't think he'll be up right away, but um, Bobby Dahlbeck's now hitting 197, and he is striking out uh, at a prodigious rate. I mean, you just, uh, you know, he has struck out 88 times in 224 innings. He is striking out more than uh, one time every three at-bats. It's more like one time every two and a half at-bats. That is unacceptable. It's just brutal, frankly, is what it is. Uh, So uh, whether it's he needs more time in AAA or whether the flashes that we saw at the end of last season and what we saw in spring training – are not who this guy really is. Whatever the case, uh, I think he, he has uh, come very close to wearing out his welcome uh, at first base for the Boston Red Sox. Uh, one other note about the Sox, interesting story that uh, was in the Associated Press this morning. Adam Adovino, uh relief pitcher for the Sox, is from uh, New York. And he grew up playing in a youth league down there that has been around for, I think, 30 years. Uh, It's called 78 Youth Sports Board. They have uh, a program. They had almost 1,500 kids signed up to play Little League Baseball last year and then uh, on the fields around Brooklyn. But then the pandemic happened. It all got canceled. And this organization is in danger of going under. Uh, You know, they used uh, uh, all the government programs that they had and they burned through all their reserves and uh they're sinking well adam Adavino has stepped up he has uh, donated memorabilia 
pitching lessons and is helping to raise money for this youth uh, organization down in Brooklyn. Uh, it's great. His father was also involved in it. His father, John, by the way, is an actor, uh, has appeared in you know uh, on Broadway and uh, was on Law and Order like 17 times. And uh, so his dad is involved in it as well. And uh, the Adovino family trying to keep it going. So uh, nice story uh, for a kid from New York trying to help their own and frankly if we're going to keep kids uh interested in baseball we have to keep these youth programs going we have to keep uh you know the excitement for the game alive and so i think this is a vital thing uh that he's doing so uh, good on him it's 30 minutes past the hour we got to take a break we're back in a minute and we'll talk about the yankees the red sox and the yankees getting ready to square off for the first time this season. It's not often that we wait until June for the first meeting, but uh, we'll have it uh, starting tonight. We'll talk about that in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It's 33 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to The Wake Up Call. So we were just talking about, you know, limiting pitchers' innings and uh, trying to be cautious. And uh, yesterday, the Tampa Rays did – well, I guess they did the exact opposite, which is considering Kevin Cash and the Tampa Rays is a little bit surprising what they did yesterday. Ryan Yarborough got the start for the Rays against the Yankees and pitched the first complete game for the Tampa Rays in five years. Five years. Yarborough goes nine, uh, gives up two runs, both on solo homers. Six hits, he struck out six, didn't walk anybody, threw 113 pitches, and uh, which was a, uh, a career high for him. And uh, beats Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole, the guy who was leading the American League in ERA at like 1.7, uh, got roughed up, gave up five runs and uh, five hits, a couple of walks in, seven in, or in five innings, and falls to six and three on the season. Yarborough moves to 3 and 3. Uh it is the first win for a st- uh, in a start for Yarborough in 24 starts. His last win as a starter was all the way back in 2019. This is a guy, you know, they use that opener thing in in uh Tampa a lot where they'll start a relief pitcher for an inning or two. And then Yarborough has kind of become that bulk innings guy where, you know, after the the opener goes, he'll come in and throw 5, 6, 7 innings in relief. So, uh, but he hadn't had a win as a starter since 2019. By the way, the last guy to throw a complete game for the Rays was Matt Andrees, who's now a relief pitcher for the Red Sox, uh, when he shut Oakland out back in May of 2016. 731 games. That, by the way, that is a major league record. 731 games without a complete game. So, uh, and the offensive struggles. For the New York Yankees, continue. We've talked about the struggles that the Red Sox are having, and, and well, everybody's having across baseball, but it has uh, been very frustrating for New York. Uh, you know, DJ LeMahieu, a guy who was the batting champ last year and was hitting, you know, the hell out of the baseball, is struggling this year. He's only hitting 255. You know, Aaron Judge is hitting, you know, 290. He's leading the team. Uh, you look up and down that Yankee lineup. And yesterday, and four of the nine guys in the batting order were hitting under 200. You know, I mean, it's brutal, absolutely brutal. Uh, their catchers have like a combined batting average of uh, 190 between Higashioka and Gary Sanchez. Just uh, brutal. 
So, you know, and uh, they go down or they get ready to face the Red Sox, a team that is struggling. And now, of course, they don't have Corey Kluber, a guy they thought that they would have in this series. Uh, the good news for the Yankees is, is Kluber has gone for second and third opinions, and the word has come back that it is not as bad as they originally thought. He just came back from uh, Los Angeles where he got an opinion from a doctor who is considered the uh, expert in uh, the treatment of injuries to the joint, uh, to the joints like the elbow and the shoulder. And after he examined Kluber, he didn't feel that it there was massive damage, but he is still going to be shut down probably for two months. But the good news is it doesn't look like it's he's surgery-bound. It's just, you know, it needs time to heal. So the Yankees, up until late last night, didn't know who they were going to start. They finally have decided it'll be Michael King who will get the start today. Um, he made a spot start on Sunday. And so he will get the start tonight against Nathan Avaldi. And, you know, frankly, look, it's two teams, the Red Sox and the Yankees, that are both struggling offensively but are both trying to tra tra chase down a Tampa team. The Red Sox are two back. The Yankees are four and a half back. Uh, but the Yankees have lost seven of ten. You know, and look, I don't think Aaron Boone's in any danger of losing his job. You know, I think that you just have a bunch of guys that are underperforming. If you had told me at this point of the season, DJ LeMay, he'd be hitting 250, I would have thought you were nuts. You know, uh, you know, and here's the thing, you know, John Carlos Stanton didn't play again last night. They're trying to, uh, uh, they say, limit his workload. Uh, look, uh, John Carlos Stanton right now, he and Gary Sanchez are probably uh, the biggest albatrosses around the necks of the Yankees. These are guys where much was expected and little is being produced. John Carlos Stanton, since coming to the Yankees back in 2018, uh, has done nothing. With the exception of his first year in New York when uh, you know he hit 38 homers and drove in 100 runs, and he played 158 games that year. But... Last year in a 60-game season, he only played 23 games. In 2019, he played 18 games. You know, this year he's missed uh, about 17 or 18 games. He's hitting 259. They can't keep him on the field. They're paying this guy uh, $29 million this year. They're on the hook for John Carlos Stanton through 2027 at an average salary of $30 million bucks a year because he's going to make $29 million next year as well. And then he makes $32 million for the three years after that, and then it goes down to twenty nine, and then twenty five. But, my God, I mean, I mean, this is one of those contracts where if they could find somebody to take him for a bag of balls, they might be willing to do it. You know, because he right now, he's not on the field. When he is on the field, he's not doing anything. He's killing them. Sanchez is hitting 200, you know, uh, killing him. So it's going to be an interesting series this weekend. It's two teams. You know, look, the Red Sox have had a much better go of it here uh, this season than the Yankees. You would have to say that. Uh, even with the Red Sox struggles of late. But, and, and I have to say, you know, I kind of like the Red Sox chances this weekend of taking two out of three. But... 
it's still Yankee Stadium and guys can still, you know, get intimidated. I guess the good news is is they don't have a full house in Yankee Stadium yet. But uh, uh, going to be a fascinating series and it all kicks off tonight at 7 o'clock. So that'll be fun to watch. Uh, the Mets on the West Coast last night. They lose late last night to the San Diego Padres 4-3. They actually fell behind in this game 4-0, made a bit of a comeback, but uh, it fell short. Mark Melanson picked up his 18th save of the season last night for the uh, Padres. He has been ridiculous. Hugh Darvish got the start, pitched into the sixth inning, picked up his sixth win of the season. Um, Fernando Tatis Jr., after missing a couple of games with that uh, – oblique thing and I guess it, it they said it was a day-to-day thing and they're just going to have to monitor it but he had a home run last night his 17th of the season and then he also dashed home from third base on a wild pitch so uh, used the bat and the legs last night uh, to help the Padres pick up that win they go to 12 games over 500 now and uh, maintain their lead in the National League uh, West over the Dodgers by a game. They're still everybody's still chasing the Giants, which is that's a whole other story. Uh, as far as the Mets go, uh, even with the loss and a Braves win, they are still three and a half games up in the National League East. That's going to be a battle of attrition, I think. That division. I mean, right now the Mets are the only team in the National League East with a record over five hundred. That's I mean, it's unbelievable. The Braves are playing better of late. Uh, but uh, the, the Marlins and the uh, Nationals going in opposite directions, uh, and the Phillies can't seem to decide what they want to do. Uh, so the Mets again with the Padres tonight. Joey Lucchese will pitch against his former team for the Mets, and uh, Blake Snell, who has struggled mightily since coming to San Diego. He is 1-2 and two with an ERA of 55 will get the start for San Diego. And I said this once, and I'll continue to say it. I begin to wonder if the Rays didn't know what they were doing, that perhaps there's something going on with Blake Snell, and they saw a decline, and they sold high. You know, they sold high off the the controversy. You know, he pitched well for those, uh, you know, four or five innings in the World Series, and they said, you know what, let's uh, let's move him while he got the opportunity. You know, I, I don't know whether it's that. Maybe Snell's just, uh, you know, having trouble adjusting to the National League, or maybe the Rays knew what they were doing. So he will get the start tonight as uh, he tries to get himself back on track. Uh, speaking of surprises in Major League Baseball, and uh, uh, the Kansas City Royals win again. The Royals have now won four in a row, seven of ten. They are two games over five they They're just five games back of the White Sox, who sit in first place in the AL Central, two games behind Cleveland. I mean, I'm telling you, they are a team right now that are in the mix for a playoff spot, and I can't believe I'm saying that. But, you know, Andrew Benatendi has started to hit for them. Sal- Salvador Perez is on a home run tear. He hit two more yesterday. He became just the fourth Kansas City player with consecutive multi-homer games. Uh, He hit one in the first inning that was like 460 feet. It was a bomb. Uh, And then he hit another one in the fifth inning off of uh, Jay Happ. He's got 14 home runs this season. Uh, Amazing. Uh, By the way, the last guy to hit uh, have multiple uh, or consecutive multi-homer games for the Royals was Mike Sweeney. Uh, And that was done uh, back in the 90s. Uh, Daryl Porter did it, too. Remember Daryl Porter? Uh, He did it for them back in uh, 1977. But uh, 
a great win for the Royals again. I, you know, just when you think that uh, maybe Minnesota's got a chance to get things going, they can't even beat the Kansas City Royals. They are now 12 games under 500. they They've lost three in a row. And I'm telling you, I feel badly for Rocco Baldelli, but the clock has got to be ticking for them. And, you know, I talked about this on the Boys of Summer podcast. By the way, that's going to come up this morning at 11 o'clock if you want to listen to it with uh, Eric and Paul and I. Um, You have to wonder if, A, Baldelli is not long for this world. Could he be gone by the All-Star break? A guy who was uh, considered one of the best managers in the American League last year. Or, B, do they start selling? You know, and who are they going to sell? Well, look, you've got Nelson Cruz. I, I know he's, you know, 41, 42 years old, but he's still got a lot of pop in that bat. He's hitting 275. Josh Donaldson's struggling a little bit, uh, hitting 250, but he hit two home runs last night. You know, there are some pieces on this team, if you want to, uh, that you could move. You know, you don't have to move some of the big guys like Garver. Uh, you're not going to, you're not going to move, probably not going to move Kyle Car or uh, Kyle Garlic. You're not going to move Kirilov, but there are plenty of pieces on here. If you want to continue to stock your farm system and maybe pick up some young pitching prospects, because right now that is where the uh, twins are falling down badly. Uh, you know, Hap last night got the start, went just five innings, nine hits, five runs, gave up three bombs. Uh, you know, so that is where they have their greatest need. Maybe it's the time for the Twins to raise the white flag. You're not going to catch the Chicago White Sox. They're too good. And and maybe, uh, you know, maybe ownership is going to see this is the time. And speaking of the White Sox, they beat the Tigers last night 4-1. to one. So they increased their lead in the uh, AL Central. Uh, Lance Lynn, another strong start for the White Sox last night. 7-1 and one now. His ERA falls to 1.23. He allowed just one run and four hits over six innings. Uh, Liam Hendricks picked up his 14th save of the season last night. Just, uh, uh, you know, I remember Lynn came over from Texas. Didn't have a great first start, but, man, he has been damn near unhittable since then. So, uh, Yohan Moncada with a home run for the White Sox last night, as as did Jake Lamb. Uh, Dallas Keuchel will get the start for the Sox tonight, and he will take on Spencer Turnbull, one of those good young pitchers for the Detroit Tigers who has uh, has to give Tiger fans some hope with guys like Boyd and Turnbull. Um, you know, uh, Scooble, I think, has some promise. So uh, Turnbull's 4-2 and two this year with a 2-9-3 ERA, so uh, it might be the best chance for the Tigers uh, to get a game in this series, and uh, that one will be coming up tonight. It's 47 minutes past. Yeah, we're going to take another break. Back in a minute, you're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It's 49 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the wake-up call here on a Friday morning as uh, we get ready to start the uh, enjoyable, long, hot weekend. We're supposed to have five straight days here in Connecticut uh, with temperatures in the 90s. I can can hardly wait. Uh, It's funny. My wife and I are expecting a uh, – we've got her cousins coming to town from Texas. Uh, Her cousin, Laura, she hasn't seen in a number of years. And I think they're supposed to come to our house for lunch, I think. I, I don't know. I, I just go with what she tells me. But I think they're coming for lunch. And I was thinking, well, you know, we'll eat out on the deck. But it's supposed to be like 95 degrees on Monday. I, I don't know if we're going to want to eat on it. Although they're from Texas. Maybe they're used to the hot weather. Uh, but uh, we might want to eat inside in the air conditioning. So uh, we'll see. But, uh, again, 
Don't have to shovel it, so I love it. Uh, I talked about the you know biggest surprises in Major League Baseball this year. Well, the the biggest surprise, I mean, the Royals being two games over five hundred at this point to me is a surprise. But the San Francisco Giants with another win last night, they beat the Chicago Cubs seven to two. The Giants are now thirty five and twenty one. They are fourteen games over five hundred. Anthony D. Scalfani, uh, six innings last night, just a couple of runs. Uh, and uh, he has been nothing short of remarkable. Anthony DiScalfani pitched for the Cincinnati Reds last year, folks. Now, he only made nine, uh, seven starts, but he had an ERA of 7.22 last year for the Cincinnati Reds. Well, this year he is now 5-2. and two. Uh, He's dropped his ERA about four points. It's three and a half. Uh, he has been a wonder for the Giants. Uh, they just continue to find ways to win, and that's with a number of injuries. I mean, they've lost Mike Yastrzemski. Now he's got a thumb injury. He went to the IL yesterday. He's been down a couple of times. Brandon Crawford, uh, having a bit of a resurgence in his career, uh, hit his 12th home run of the season yesterday. He ends up with two hits. He drives in four, uh, but he's driven in 36 this year. He's, you know, look, he's, he's hitting 255, and I think that's about what he is now, but, I mean, this is a guy that – Back in 2019, a lot of people were beginning to wonder if he might be done. You know, he, he hit 228, 11 homers, 59 runs batted in, and they are like, hey, you know, how much does he have left? He's not that old. He's, what, 34? Um, but it looks like he has found, you know, whatever was wrong. He, those 12 home runs he has this year uh, eclipses – what he had in 2019, his career high is 21. Uh, at this rate, he's going to beat that as well. And uh, he's playing good defense. He's a great defensive shortstop anyway. So uh, he drives in four yesterday. Um, and uh, the San Francisco Giants beat the Chicago Cubs, who had been hotter than the pistol. And the San Francisco's won seven of the last nine. Best record in the National League. you got to be kidding me. Uh, the Cubs had won nine of ten. Um, and then they lose yesterday, and uh, Zach Davies got the start, got roughed up, didn't even get out of the fifth inning. So, and, and now this, and this is another manager. You know, we talked about how Rocco Baldelli went from being uh, one of the best managers in baseball last year to perhaps being a dope and in danger of getting uh, bounced in Minnesota to a guy like Gabe Kapler, who is the manager for the San Francisco Giants. This is a guy that got run out of town in Philadelphia. You know, he's a different sort. There's no question about that, and he does things differently. He looks at things differently, uh, and uh, it didn't go over well in Philadelphia. But you know what? San Francisco is the home of the free spirits. Maybe this is a match made in heaven. Maybe uh, Gabe Kapler's uh, uh, per the perfect match for not just the San Francisco Giants, but the city of San Francisco. So suddenly he's a genius. And uh, Rocco Bedelli's a dope. And I guess, you know, that's why you play 162 games. We'll see which one of them gets the last laugh at the end of the year. But what a great story the Giants are. I mean, there is nobody. Uh, if I was a betting man and, you know, somebody has said you got to pick a team, uh, you know, the least likely team to be in first place at this point of the season, I probably would have picked. Well, outside of the Detroit Tigers, I probably would have picked the San Francisco Giants. Uh, and uh, the Giants are, uh, you know, insane. Absolutely insane. I mean, look, the Seattle Mariners have been a bit 
of a surprise, you know, being at 500 at this point of the season. But what the, the Giants have done is uh, otherworldly. Uh, and speaking of the Mariners, they win yesterday. Uh, they beat the Angels 6-2. to two. And uh, Justice Sheffield, one of his better starts of the season, went six, gave up just two runs. Uh, Griffin Canning takes the loss for the Angels. Uh, and everybody's eyes are going to be on the Angels tonight. Why? Well, because Shohei Otani is going to get the start. Mr. Two-Way will get the start for the Angels tonight. It'll be his, I think, his eighth time on the mound this season. He's got a 1-1 record, a 2.72 ERA. He has no record at home. This is a home start for him, and his ERA at home is 1.47. You know, the question with Otani every time he goes out is, how long will he go? Can he get them into the fifth inning? Uh, you know, he's got to be more efficient with his pitches. And, and again, you know, this debate comes out all the time. How is he more valuable to this Angel team? Is he more valuable swinging the bat? Or is he more valuable as a pitcher? And should the Angels consider trying to convince him to go one way or the other? You know, so. Uh, but they promised him he could play both ways, so uh, they're sticking to that. Uh, as we get ready to get out of here this morning, I just want to wish the best of luck to all the Connecticut teams in the NCAA Division One baseball tournament. Uh, UConn plays tonight. Uh, they are the number two seed. Uh, in the South Bend Regional, they will take on uh, number three seeded Michigan at uh, seven o'clock tonight. It's on ESPN three. Uh, Central Connecticut plays against Oregon tonight in the Eugene Regional. Uh, that game is at five o'clock Eastern time, two o'clock local time. That is also on ESPN three. Uh, my old buddy Charlie Hickey, the head coach at uh, Central Connecticut, so I wish them a lot of luck. And then Fairfield University, with that 37-3 record, will take on Arizona State in the Austin, Texas Regional. Texas, the number one seed there. Uh, but they will take on Arizona State. The bad news for Fairfield as they go into this, uh, their heart and soul of their team, their team captain and their catcher, Mike Caruso, who's from Wallingford, was hit by a pitch in practice in the jaw this week. He has broken his jaw, and he is out of the tournament. I mean, talk about bad luck. So he is out. But uh, Fairfield, they will play again 7 o'clock Eastern time uh, against Arizona State, that also on ESPN3. So best of luck to all the Connecticut teams. We're going to get out of here this morning with some music from Levon Helm, a uh, former member of the band, uh, a guy that uh, did some solo stuff after a while, ended up passing away from throat cancer. But uh, this was one on one of his uh, last albums, and it's called When I Go Away. Love this song. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. You've been listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country.